0: Hello, and welcome to Dose of Truth podcast with Eloise and terri We've had some feedback. People are listening.
1: <laughs> Wonderful.
0: <laughs> so uh, we had someone who listened who said they are, well, I guess excited because they've heard, they always thought Cinderella was a wimp.
1: Yes, it was fascinating to see how the traditional kind of view of Cinderella is this little, you know, wimpy girl who's submissive when it's not like that at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the things that, you know, we, we were talking about was that, you know, it's, it's, it's part of what the marriage is between the masculine and feminine, but also seeking out your partner. Right. So you're you're seeking out your partner, let's say a quality human being, someone who has the the same qualities as you, the same values as you. Right. And, you know, you hold out just like the prince holds out for the woman he wants. And of course, Cinderella holds the qualities of virtue and piousness. And of course, her her feminine is individuating, and he's individuating as well as man. Well, it's his masculine, but he's also listened to his feminine. So again, I you know I tend to repeat this. It doesn't matter what sex you are, what gender you are. Um, within us, there's always the masculine and feminine seeking um, to mature, right?
0: So can we let me just talk about what individuation is for people that aren't aware
1: It's when we when we're individuating from the parents, so we're born this sort of flexible, malleable mind, and we acquire uh well our identities and the belief systems of the family. And they become apparently ours. But there's, the, the way I like to put it is there's the urging of the soul that says, no, there's something else. And often what happens to a child is as they grow into the teen years, and there's also a physiological response, we have the growth hormone that pushes our growth and, and anger is affiliated with that hormone. And the child could, well, the teenager by then, could react to the belief system of the parents. So the parent says, be good and pious. And the child says, no, I'm an atheist and I don't necessarily want to be good. I want to go and and take drugs and be promiscuous and get pregnant at 15 or 14. And I think this is a good thing to do. And of course, you know, the child's mind might think that's a good thing, but it's just a reaction I'm not saying it's bad or good, but they, you know, oftentimes people come and say, well, you know, I've done all these things and they weren't, um, they weren't supportive of my life. Uh, you know, you you can be too young or not ready, um, not completely individuated. Once you're in reactionary mode, when you're just doing when you're just rebelling against the parents, you're not exactly uh individuating. You think you are. You're like, oh, you know, I rebel against my parents, I don't want to be. Like my parents, I don't. Want, I don't agree with what they think. So you're in action reaction. But individuation is a lot deeper. You see both sides of the argument, and you choose something that is deeply connected to meaning in your life and the creation of your own values. You may have acquired some values from your family that you decide, hey, that I prefer to have those values. And whatever those values are, um, as long as it's not going to make your life worse, um, really improves the individuation process. You're you're refining um, the individuation process, and through fairy tales and mythology, we uh, we're able to see what the um, I could say what the, the best course of action is. Through adversity, because adversity is going to occur, suffering is going to happen. It's just part of the human plight. We know we're going to die. Uh, we know there's the possibility of illness, um, and even if you, you know, get through life and life works out really nicely for you, you're still going to end up in death, or you'll, um, you know, experience loss in your life. Um, yeah, we know it's inevitably coming about. So, you know, the, the idea that life should be fair is one of those um, belief systems that make things worse. Yeah. Because it's not fair. Life isn't fair for a living being. It's just not. And
0: you hear it so much because everyone's like, oh, it's not fair I'm single. It's not fair I can't get this job. It's not fair da 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 It's weird.
1: Well, it's, it's also so, it's so much on the surface, right? We, we have this tendency to look at our experience as that is real in the, in the collective. So we often, um, we don't see that we could, Well, we could get a bird's eye view of things and put things into perspective. There's one thing, one way to put things in perspective. Someone can have it worse than you. You know, if you look around just a little bit, there's a, geez, I have to look this up. But one of the Greek uh, tales is that, you know, you have this problem tree and you can put your your problem up on the tree and then go around and pick someone else's problem. And the parable goes, usually you pick your own. So that kind of... harkens back to the idea you get only what you're ready to deal with. So, you know, this could be a super long uh, discussion (laughs) because this is where people often interject and say, but it isn't fair for me and wait till I tell you my whole story. And once I tell you the whole story, you'll see how it's impossible for me to get out of my victimhood, right? So Cinderella is a great story to tell us. Yeah, no, there's a way out of your victimhood. You know, Cinderella's dealt a rough deal. Um, She, she has a virtue, which is something we, we all need to seek within us to find out that, find out what our virtues are and what our, um values are what is your value you know do do you value being the victim do you value irresponsibility or do you actually value wait a minute this is my life i know suffering is coming and you know my my value is well i the only thing i've really got to hang on to is responsibility right it, it, as soon as we take responsibility for everything that has occurred um i don't want to get into too many controversial topics but um i i've been i've been raped i I was drugged and raped uh, by by people i don't know and um this happened when i was very young and you know i don't say that the the guys who did this uh should be absolved of responsibility But my first uh, question to myself was, you did something irresponsible. You went somewhere you shouldn't go. Um, You should have known that. You should have known that, but you didn't. So I'm not saying should as um, in a way where it's a, a solid line that I regret something. It's clear that, wow, here's a nice well a terrible lesson I needed to learn in my naivete as a young as a young person I was naive I was trusting I was um very open and um I I of course did not choose to be a closed aggressive um you know mistrusting human being but I learned that I needed to be cautious of the wild kingdom. And no, I could not put the responsibility of my actions in the hands of another. Otherwise, I would always succumb to victimhood. So it taught me um, a great lesson. It was a hard one, a difficult lesson, but it sure snapped me out of my innocence. So, you know, if, if, if I go into a little bit of history, historically, I had been quite protected in a Greek family and you know, here you go in the world, you start traveling and, you know, you, you bring your values to the world. You can't, you can't do that. You can't just bring your values into the world. You, you, and, and assume that the world has the same values. You, you bring your values in the world and you respect them and you consider whether somebody else has those values or not. Which is exactly what Cinderella and Prince and the Prince are doing. They're not, the, the prince doesn't succumb to um, any of the wiles of the beautiful women of the court. He, he, he's selective. He knows, he, you know, he could just, um, you know, be hypnotized by the beauty and uh, manipulations and wiles of women who are, you know, the, the, the two stepsisters are in the original story very beautiful, mm. very, very beautiful. Um, the the, sim- the symbolism of them, you know, cutting their toe off and cutting their heel off in the story, uh, obviously tells us that something is revealed, right? Something is revealed that he he he's trying on the slipper. Of course, it's an analogy that trying on of the slipper, but he's trying women on for size. Who who is going to be the woman that has the same values yeah, as I do? Yeah, who's gonna fit? who's Literally, going to fit. with the
0: shoe yeah. who fits the yeah. shoe? who is we... my size
1: yeah right so oftentimes when we're looking at the world um i'm sure a lot of men could attest to this is that you know women will you know have a list of you know what they want a man to be i'm not saying men don't do this but it's you know in my experience it's been more often women saying oh, i want him to be like this like that you know um, and the moment the man doesn't fulfill that, you know the 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 woman is gone. She's she's like, no, I can't do this. And um, you know, and uh, we're talking about probably tens of thousands of hours of talking to people in in my practice with all the different therapies that I I do and listening to. Uh, the difficulties people have in relationship and creating a relationship. Uh, and one of the reasons I love to follow the fairy tales is to help people look at, look at ways to deal with their lives, um, sort of with these fairy tales that give us, um, well, representations of possible behavior that, um, at the minimum give us a responsible action so things don't get worse so i'm going to just bring in another fairy tale for the moment there's the fairy tale of um the little mermaid now in the disney version it's very nice they end up together but in the in the uh one of the older versions she doesn't she dies you know she she oh, comes bye. once she she makes her contract with ursula she's told she will get legs but it would be like walking on razor blades you'll be in constant pain so here she's it, the, the little mermaid is apparently going through the individuation process but she's in rebellion and really looking at the other side as though that's going to be better than what she has this is very clearly what a I've been talking about where we tend to look at someone else and say, "You know, my problem is worse, and what you have would be better. And if I had what you had, I wouldn't be a victim." Right? So, the the Little Mermaid comes out, but is still victimized with the suffering that will continue, despite being given legs to go and work on the live on the on the land, and she also ends up watching the prince marries someone else and then dives into the ocean and turns into sea foam something like that there are a lot of versions out there that i that i've been reading and and of course she's completely transmuted does she actually learn her lesson or not does she actually come out the other end so to me the little mermaid not the disney version really brings to the forefront how we can make our lives so terrible that it can lead to death with and essentially with the idea of desire and desire is is suffering when you look at cinderella and the prince it's so different completely different the prince has a certitude based on his own sense of what he wants and what will fulfill him he knows i i can't just marry anyone i have to find the woman that i want yeah that that and and of course the 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 seeking is to find obviously that he's finds Cinderella beautiful and and she's the one he can't take his eyes off of it he's he's finding his match the same the same virtues that these two people are individuating they're not rebelling against their parents, like the king is not that the parents are dissatisfied that he's not married, but he's not going against them saying, I will not marry or I'm going to choose someone. He's he's in deep deep contemplation, thinking. No, I need to do something, and is to find the woman that is right for me. And he does that by you know having the ball, and um, being able to to look around and see who who does fit, who who does fit. Which is wonderful that you bring that up. That's wonderful. Who fits? I mean, that's a great view of we're going to try these shoes on and see who is the fit yeah. for me. That's the, the metaphysical I was about there. to
0: say, he also has the balls to have a ball to find a wife. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you could put it that way, too. But, he, you know, that's it's funny, but it's actually yeah. very serious. It's extremely serious where the child gets up and says, no, I, I want to get married. I want to do that that's part of what I want to do so there's the the order that that is still available to him he's not irrationally running out and being chaotic he's he's got this internal chaos that says I just can't marry anyone and bringing some order to it so one of my values is I do want to get married I do want to have a family I want to I want to continue um you know my life but I want to find someone who will fit together. I was having a discussion with someone the other day about um, Lady Diana. Now, I, I don't know her, but or didn't know her. But it, there seemed to be so much dissatisfaction coming from Lady Diana and it seemed it seemed to me that she was unable to assess there was a particular order in the royal family. Now, if you really um, sit down and think about it. I'm not talking about the dreamy, dreamy eyes of someone who says, "Oh, you know, if I marry a prince, it's going to save me from my my daily drudgery." That's that is not at all what this is about, right? So, when you're when you're seeking um, when you're seeking something and you're living in this dream rather than seeing, well, wait a minute, what's the reality? I mean, I can't imagine. What it would be like to be famous uh, like the royal family is and walk down the street and never be able to just go for a walk or be in private and, you know, not be videotaped and this is a huge, a huge stress. I mean, we, Eloise and I are both, um, we work with, with energy as well and um, even when we're teaching classes or uh when this podcast is coming on or we do a video i can feel the 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 stressful energy rising to the surface and i know how um serious this is uh for my personal energy for eloise's personal energy people are listening to it you're you're making yourself vulnerable to yeah. the world and you you need to be prepared you know i don't think uh, you know throwing out a a podcast and that all of a sudden you have a million viewers would be easy to tolerate. And, you know, you see evidence of this where people who uh, have immediate fame, you know, the, the, the money or the fame might go to their heads and they, um, you know, spend too much, or let's say they have an addiction. Money doesn't help an addiction, does it? The more money you have, the more drugs you can take. Uh, The more money you have, the more your addictions, Uh, are prevalent you know you don't have any money you can't be a shopaholic yeah right Uh, but but you have money you could start shopping yourself to death or if you got a cocaine habit you can you can take a lot of cocaine you know you just so so those things are are difficult i I don't see them as um i think a lot of people see them as wow what a great blessing i don't yeah and we, we know that that things like that where you have this instant fame uh, oftentimes these stars burn out, and um, they could be a flash in the pan. I'm talking about statistically. Some people can can deal with it. They they've already individuated enough to have this balance between their you know masculine, feminine, chaos and order. To and and they have their values well established, and they're able to handle what comes what comes in. So when we look at you know, Lady Diana would say she didn't really put together what this would be about. She was young and and innocent, but I won't use that as a um, a way to victimize her, right? That's, um, you know, the, the, the royal family at times was portrayed as something awful. I don't know what they're like at all, uh, but if you're looking at this scenario... You would say there are a lot of things that I would need to um, follow if if I'm going to be part of the royal family, if I'm going to be a princess. You can't just be a princess and go in and say you're going to be slovenly and, you know, do whatever you want and, and have affairs and think this is going to result um, in, in a in a positive ending. Yeah. It's, rules. it's going to make things. Yes. and But there are rules everywhere. They're, they're not. The shoulds and should nots, they are rules that, or order, I prefer the word order, that we need to follow to create something. So if you're just messy, let's say you're just in the feminine, completely chaotic, you won't be able to run a business. Within a business, there is order. And part of the order is you need to be there on time, you have to have a schedule, you need to work, you need to do your do your work and fulfill it so that this thing will be created. That's that, that's all there is to it. But if you say, no, no, I can do whatever I want in a business, I've been told over and over again, oh, you're so lucky you're in a business. Um, you can do whatever you want. And I always find that an interesting statement. That's not why I'm in business. That's not why I don't work for another company. I don't work because I have passions and um, meaning that this gives me that, I don't get from being in a company and working up in a company. Yeah. It's just, totally it's just what I like, uh, but it has its own set of challenges. It has its own set of difficulties um, that if you've never been in business, you will never understand. If you, you know, there are so many YouTubers out there and podcasters, you know, all of the difficulties and the expenses and the, you know, everything that you have to keep going to make, um, make your business work. Yeah. You know, People,
0: he, if so, they never run a business, they don't know the cost of running a business. It's yeah, like they see they what you pay for a session and they go, well, that's a lot of money. And I'm like, mm, no, <laughs> it's just like, you know, all the little no, costs yeah. of the insurance and this tax and this and that product. And, you know,
1: yeah, this little service you use
0: online every year, every week. And
1: this. Yeah, they don't realize that you're paid something from that. Let's say you might be paid 20 pounds. I mean, the, the salary you get out of, let's say, 100 pounds is 20 pounds. Yeah. Right? And they're with you for an hour. They're using toilet paper. They're, you know, your, your bedding. I use sheets on the bedding. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to change all of it. You've got to dust. You've got to clean. You need tissues. You need water. Um, You also need to update yourself. There's courses. So so you end up with 20 pound and the rest goes to running the business. I mean, just just having internet or just having your office, all these all these different things that we need to do. I mean, we're not we're we're doing this podcast. And we haven't even um, we're not we're not making any money on it, of course, uh, to begin with. Uh, But there's already already been expenditure. Right. We've we've already spent yeah. money to make this occur, to get better sounds, to uh, make sure the computers are running, to make sure the speakers are running, to make sure that um, we've got good good quality. Well, I mean, obviously the quality will improve over time. <laughs> yes, we uh, we can't we can't run around investing a ton of money, but we have put our time yeah. and energy in this. So that's a structure. Yeah. We' we're, we're
0: not going to spend twenty thousand pounds renting a studio and flying you over to do it you
1: know it's <laughs> no, we're not, so there's always a particular order that order keeps changing, and the feminine is is mutable, so she can always be changing, yeah, right so yeah. so you could see so we'll use a man as an example if a man has a particular business and over a forty year period operates the business exactly the same way as he did 40 years before. And his reasoning is, so somebody goes in and says, look, you're failing now. You're not making enough money. You need to innovate. And they say, no, this has worked for me for 35 years. It's only the last five years. My system works. Usually they fail. So there's, there's a consistent um, need for the feminine to bring in some chaos so even in business, no, we got to change. We've got to yeah. update. We've got to yeah. learn something new. There, there are new things going on, including restaurants. Whatever there's just new things people need, are asking for that they want. That uh, you just can't stay in the same old, same old. There, sometimes it does work, but uh, very often when there's a failing going on, no, there needs to be a modification. So then you're you're looking at what is the order or the structure that's an even better word for the masculine, what's the structure I need to use, and now I need to modify what I'm doing to get into that new structure. And of course, you're making these consistent assessments, right? So as Eloise and I just mentioned, we're doing this, so we're making assessments, that means assessing how much time we put in, how much effort we put in, and how much money we put in. Right? So no, we're not going to spend 20,000 pounds to do it. No, we're going to start this way. And as we grow and as we, um, we are able to get our work out there, then uh, things will change. So, this, so it, 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 the, the fairy tales are, are so fascinating. You can think of the little mermaid as the one who desires something, jumps in without thinking And sets it up. You can apply that to anything. You can apply it to a marriage. You can apply it to someone you, you know, all of a sudden see and go, wow, I really love that person, guy or girl, doesn't matter. You love. It's like, wow, I'm so into them. And I think they're into me. Now I'll bring up, you know, very strange. um, It's strange, but significant. Because I had over a 15 year period, several people who did come in for tarot readings and they would ask me a particular. This was usually women. I never actually met a man who did this. Um, and statistically, if you research it, in erotomania, erotomania, it's usually usually afflicts women. And there are several uh, markings uh, or characteristics of erotomania. And usually it's, you know, the hand of God or some divine intervention. They've never actually met the person. Uh, They could be someone they see on TV or in a picture or walking down the street. And they fall madly in love and believe that it's destiny and they must be with this person and that this person loves them too, even though they've never met. Now, it's very interesting to start doing a reading and talking about the relationship and feeling as though the other person is not there. And how many times I've started reading and just talking about what's going on, and then turn around and say, "Well, I are you in the same country or in the same city?" Do, you know, I just get a very faint vision of the other person, and they will. Over, yeah, a lot of people have come in to do this. I, I think seven is a lot of people, you know. Even though I've done ten thousand readings or more and Um, they're coming
0: in asking if they're going to be with this person and asking questions about this person and they've never
1: and then you then slowly when i ask questions you find out no i've never met them it's amazing isn't it but i know and i know when he's like one of them said i know when he's on tv that he's talking directly to me and no one else um that was one of them another one said no 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 i i have to find him you know find him for me so so we can be together he he needs me he's waiting for me i know he loves me another one well he's married right now but i know we need to be together it just just on and on um so you can see how desire can can be very um well desire is part of suffering the moment we desire something it's very different from what you need what you want you you have an idea of well you know like Eloise and I are doing. We're creating a podcast. It'd be great if this works out, but we're gonna trap, we're gonna be part of the journey, figure out what's going along on this journey and adjust as we go along. I don't know what the end result would be. It would be wonderful if this is a great podcast. Um, at the same time, uh, what does that entail? I'm not quite sure, right? That's gonna dominate a huge part of our lives. Um, if this becomes something popular, if this becomes something that we have to do every single day. Um, who knows what'll happen. What if well, Louise turns around and says, you know, um, I'm really bored with you. I want to do this. <laughs> no, I
0: don't want to talk know. to you anymore.
1: That's it. I've had enough. <laughs> That's it, right? You you never I know want what's a podcast what's...
0: on rhubarb instead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. You might want to do a podcast on rhubarb. <laughs> so so we we don't know what's gonna happen. So, so, yes, there's a desire that, oh wow, it would we be great if people call in and we you know we work with people, and oh my God, how much fun yeah, that would be, know. and how helpful to the world and you know especially what we're starting with is my you know this this deep interest I have in fairy tales and and myths, and I'm you know really working at this point in my life to to study them and see how they apply to the tarot and my knowledge of the archetypes of the tarot and all of. Our experience uh, with with clients and listening to people, yeah. and we've done a lot of work. So, so yeah, we've done many, many different things. Eloise and definitely. I definitely both in different domains, and um, yeah, it's it, it's so interesting to see how the whole stories can be applied to each individual. So when when someone comes to see me. And I and I see oh they've got desire for something like the grass is greener so I have this desire and I want that to happen but we don't see the 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 reality up there's a structure you need to have values you need to make a, a you need to construct something and follow it and no that's not romantic no no oh I'd love to be in business how many times I've heard this but there was no capacity to put down the structure well what are you willing to do yeah well you know i'd like to work two three hours a day well no that's not going to happen to build this up you've got to work uh you know 10 12 hours (laughs) a day to keep it going you've got to be accountant bookkeeper no no i'm just going to go to the bank and borrow a hundred thousand dollars uh-huh so then you're now working for the bank right so you you want to be independent but now you're working for the bank not saying that it wouldn't work if you've got a really great idea, but if you have no structure and you're just, you know, let's say somebody will borrow $10,000 so they could open up a tarot practice and make this beautiful, you know, office and entryway and have a bunch of people working there. It's it, it's quite a tough thing to earn back that, that $100,000 for your furniture. Yeah. It's not easy, yeah. hence why we see big companies doing this, or you you go into partnership with someone with a great idea. That's a different, a different ball game. I'm talking about you know people like us that just want to open up something simple you know in the, in, in the old days, it was a lot easier before um, you know our systems became so uh, our government systems became so inflated and you know creating your own job was was easier let's say in the 50s and 60s maybe the 70s but after that um sort of the the state there's too much red tape um, to do anything too much red tape to do anything but so much that you have to pay out to say that your company is going to be anything but a salary right -hmm. you know i'm not saying there aren't people who succeed and go big time but um you know, the, there's the rest of us who have a regular day, make our little, our salary and keep going. And you got to keep working. So um that's fine. You know, unless you, you make it super big. And the only way to make it super big is if you understand how that functions, right? You need to know how that functions. You need to know the construct. You need to build that up and and create it. So to me, that you know when you juxtapose the little mermaid who is desirous of you know something that she doesn't have which is it happens to all of us but it's a clear mm. lesson that shows us that desire can increase suffering
0: but that there's always going to be desire because everybody always wants something no one's ever got everything
1: well i would say there's a difference between want and desire.
0: Yeah okay this
1: is this is the this is the gap so let's say i want a new car yeah all right that's what i want so now i need a structure all right so a new car costs let's say or i want a car and and you're not you're not making that much money so you say well why don't i buy a used car and you know i did this when i was making so much money and i didn't care about what kind of car i had so it was $1,000. That was it. And I needed registration and taxes, very little taxes on an old car. Thing lasted me five years. Great. So what did I do? Well, I, every day I put, to, you know, every week I put um, $10 away, right? hundred weeks. There was $1,000. Went off to the guy, said, okay, $1,000 vehicle. What have you got? He said, well, I got these. And then I went to the inspection garage he said yep it's in it's in okay to condition you'll need to replace the brakes and that'll cost you 15 dollars because i use replacement parts and i was like great went off spent another 350 on the registration and taxes etc and had a car for five years that cost me approximately 100 for the small reparations was it? it was done it was great now you want something more than that well you know are you going to get two jobs yeah are you going to keep working Mm -hmm. your way up through a company um how much what are you willing to to invest it's like how much you
0: value it is going to dictate how much work you're going to put in or how much effort you're going to put in to get that thing
1: and 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 i would put it the other way too what are your values so if my value is Maybe I don't want to have a car. Maybe I'll just keep walking and taking metros and and buses and I'll save that money so I could retire at 40. You might do that. Yeah. Right. So it it depends what your values are, how you see your life, but desire. I want a car because everyone else has a car. I want a car because I love this car. Well, now you're just basing everything off a desire. I mean, if I lived my life desiring things, well then you're then you have a form of addiction you don't know what gives you meaning yeah. in life i mean the cinderella and the prince have values and they know this gives them meaning the the little mermaid does not understand that her desire is unfounded it's just based in some kind of erotomania this where where you fall in love and you know we know that falling in love causes all kinds of brain distortions right (laughs) and and yeah we don't see clearly uh psychologically we know you fall in love and you're falling in love with the the reflection of yourself in the other So you don't really see the other. You see what you have rejected within yourself. So things that you think are wonderful, you see them in another person and you say you're in love, but you're really in love with your own mirror. Then when that mirror starts to fall, you begin to say the other person has changed. They've never changed. You just never saw them. So it's the same for the little mermaid who goes up there and says, well, you know, I'm in love with him. So of course that means he's in love with me and I'm going to be with him and I'm going to sell my soul to the devil. I'm going to give myself up to the vampiric mother who's willing to consume my voice, take everything away from me. Because Ursula, who, who makes this deal with, with the, um, the little mermaid is in a completely different position than Cinderella. Cinderella is given the wisdom from her mother and then the the chaos enters with the the uh, the stepmother and the two sisters. Earth, uh the little mermaid Ariel does not have a mother. Yeah. And the the mother figure that shows up that's going to save her is Ursula who actually Devours mm, her, the devour. devours her voice, so so she has no voice. She gives her no wisdom. She is the malevolent, uh, vindictive, vengeful kind of mother, like like the stepmother. Yeah, right. But in this case, Ariel is has no mother, has no values, so she she has this desire for the prince, I mean, massive desire for the prince, that she will give up her own voice, which is her own process of individuation, which is where we started this from. So you you, you asked about individuation, so you know, somebody, somebody who's rebellious and is not seeking what their own values are. She doesn't even ask what her values are, her own values are. She doesn't um, She desperately wants to be with him, immediately sells herself, which can destroy everyone, right? And um, ends up walking on razor blades. The two legs she gets are like razor blades. So the suffering continues. That tells us clearly that desire causes suffering. Uh, If you're looking in some you you're looking in someone else's garden you're looking in someone else's doorway you don't know what's going on in there and it's sheer ignorance to think someone has it better than you now it, it, you know one of my favorite stories is you know i used to when i'd give tarot readings and and try to help out with this you know responsibility so that women could take responsibility and be able to act and also you know, take care of the kids, take care of their husband, and also um, take care of their own needs while they're being supported by their partner and raising their kids, right? Um, usually it was this sense of deprivation from the woman, you know, I'm deprived, I've given up my whole life. Well, yeah, you have, you know, the minute you have a child, your you, your needs come in uh, secondary, secondary. Um, the, the child's needs are your needs yeah. you they're an extension of you um, I don't I I'm having a little trouble with the the new generation that that sees um, the child as an as an appendage rather than an extension like just like well here's the house here's my furniture here's my jewelry here's my bank account here's my job and here's my kids yeah I'm I, I'm not clear on on exactly how this happened you know that i'm i'm part of the last generations where you have a kid and you will do anything for that child um i feel like i'm part of those that last generation The, the new generation um i'm sure there are plenty of people out there who do this um, but the the young women who are not married and turning 35, 40, 45 and still thinking, you know, I can have a kid and, um, you know, create the marriage and not realizing it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's not going to, it's, it's tough to begin with, but it's going to be hard. Yeah. So this, this desire and getting everything you want when life is not fair is clearly a way to increase suffering. Yeah. Desire, in combination with life should be fair, is is delusional. Yeah. It's, it's completely delusional. And we, you know, follow, the more we look at these fairy tales, you begin to see, well, yes, if I follow that delusion, I will create chaos. I'm going to suffer more. And I may never get the the object of my desire yeah that's option but when i i understand all right life is not fair i'm going to need to be responsible and deal with things as they come along i might have some objectives this is what i'd like to have this is what i'd like to see come about and you you daily step towards yeah. it daily not this this insanity of i well delusion it's a, it's a real delusion there's no the the biblical stories the fairy tales mythology tells you you can't you can't have it all you just no
0: you can't. I, I always think if, especially when i'm talking to my clients who are single and they're desperate for a man and children and things it's like if every single person was happily married with 2.4 children it like that's impossible it's do you know what i mean it's that model of you know that someone has to be divorced someone has to be single some like all the permutations need to be observed it's
1: yes and you know you could end up in suffering but even if you're you're unhappy in your marriage there are times when it's clear that the marriage is a problem yeah. Right. Like, let's say someone's, you know, a drug addict and they're not, you know, getting out of it. Somebody who's, who's got, um, you know, going to beat you up or, you know, there, there's just there's just no way. But um, in my experience, so many marriages are problematic because we won't look within. So we we have an expectation of the other. So when you look at Cinderella and the prince, they don't expect something of the other. They don't just pick someone and I will, I will turn you into the thing that I, I will want.
0: mold you into the man that I'm looking for or the woman, yeah.
1: Exactly, right? Much like the stepmother does, her malevolence is molding the family into fulfilling her own desires, which increases suffering. Um, the, the, the Little Mermaid does the same thing, Ar- Ariel. She she has desire. She goes and jumps on it, tries to get it through her own. Um, I know Disney makes this look so good, but I I um, I love Jordan Peterson, and he always says they got it right. But I feel like the most of it they got right, but the ending they didn't get right. There's there's no way that those two could be together. I I just I don't see that the ending works out. I've never um every time i've watched the little mermaid by disney i just go something's wrong with this ending something's deeply wrong so when i went back to the original and saw now there would have to be suffering because she she wants him but she's not individuating in the disney version she's not she you know her father just gives it to her she's sad that she's lost him there's complete self-pity and then the father comes in and does the thing well you know i'll give you what you want because you really love him and love conquers all sorry no love doesn't conquer all no sorry yeah that that that's not going to work what conquers it all is you got to get a grip on yourself and realize there are certain things you need to do and you you know i would say the, that ariel is not worthy of the of the yeah. prince She's just not worthy, and he chooses someone else, which yes, choose someone else, anyone who goes after Ariel is is in for a a, a hard she's still time innocent well she's I think she's yeah. ignorant yeah. yeah so so innocent is one thing, but as you're maturing and you've gone through all of this. You, you've, you, in the Disney version, she goes through getting legs, and yes, Ursula comes in and and disguises herself. Um, but that can happen. That the, 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 it's not. They didn't even need Ursula to come in, right? Yeah, because obviously he wanted someone with a voice. He wanted someone who could speak. So. She, she didn't have a voice to speak. Who wants a woman who, who can't talk? <laughs> That's not a man.
0: Only one has a wom- right? woman that never shuts up. <laughs> it's yeah, it's exactly.
1: true, but, you know, there's, there's talking and there's also the, the disruptive feminine that is required. Yeah, yeah with no voice. You, you, yeah. you know, you're, you, um, somebody said today, your best friend is to, to a man. He said, well, your best friend is usually is your wife. And the person who gives you the best advice is your wife. And I thought, wow, that's just such a beautiful way to look at look at life, you know. And and how how would you? Why wouldn't that be your best case scenario? Yeah. The person you're living with, having sex with, um, day in and day out, that's that's your best yeah. friend. That's that's the person you 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 lean on when you need to, and they lean on you when they need to that's the person who come you come to for advice that's the person who has the same values as you that's the same person who who says hey you've got a dream I'm gonna help you out but I'm also gonna be honest enough to tell you where I think your dream is goofy yeah or you're making mistakes I'm not gonna agree with everything that you say we're gonna we're going to evolve together we're gonna understand how life works together yeah. right so um, yeah I just thought that was so so beautiful uh, on hearing that yeah and it's, it's not what um you know there there is a, a difficulty when they the, Ursula is is a um aerial representation of what can happen to the feminine so are the, is the stepmother and the stepsisters when the the feminine becomes resentful that they don't get their desires and there will be, at some point, a demise. But the only way you can have demise is if you have integrity, which is what the prince and Cinderella have. They have integrity for their own values. They're taking their own steps in life and asking for what they want. And they walk towards yeah. it. And, and that unifies uh, the masculine and feminine, where they're now they're two whole human beings coming together. It's not Cinderella seeking her other half and he's looking for his other half they're already seeking their own internal halves that come together and that's when you know you've you've found the person with the same values as you but the little mermaid does the complete opposite she has no sense of investigating herself and what she's asking for she just sees an object like the prince is a thing And he's obviously not. He's a lot. He's obviously not yeah. a thing. So she's she suffers by, um, you know, at the hands of Ursula. Yes, but she is making the choice, which is the rebellious. When we become a rebellious teen and we do things that destroy the rest of our lives, that set in motion something that will, you know, make your life more difficult. So you know, I know. I know a lot of 16-year-old girls who go out and say well you know I'm not going to listen to my parents I love this guy and they they get pregnant they have a baby and of course you know there's a lot of um yes I'm having the baby and I'm going to do whatever I want and you know my parents want me to give it up or have an abortion and I'm not going to do that but they've they've set the stage for you know more likely not everyone but living in in poverty always trying to make ends meet, bringing up children only with a, a a single mother, which statistically is very difficult for the children. Yeah. And, you know, this continual um, uh, men are evil, which is Ursula. Right? Ursula is so angry at, at the king of the, the ocean, of the waters. She's so angry at him for, for kicking her out of the the um the royal court let's say and and she's resentful and malevolent she has no interest in in figuring out how to be part of society so she's ostracized and her resentment keeps mounting this is just like a marriage (laughs) right so no i'm gonna look at you and i don't care about improving I don't care about improving. This can happen to men or women, but, you know, right now, women are having the hardest time because they have such high expectations of men. The resentment keeps growing and they turn around and they put everything on the man's shoulders. It's it's gotten a bit strange right now. It's a strange uh, world we're living in where everything is the man's fault. Everything. Mm,
0: Of course. It's just ridiculous,
1: right? Oh, you know, uh yeah. It's just it, it's horrible, especially for for women who have sons. You know, the, the the I know a story about this woman who went to a woman's group, and she had her little kid with her, and it was you know tiny kid, maybe five, four years old, it was a boy. All the women started screaming, getting him, get him out of here! What kind? What? what? Where, what? Is com- yeah. wow. where is the? Yeah, where is the compassion? Yeah. It's you a four-year-old child. <laughs> yes. And we pride ourselves on on being empathetic. And that's not empathy. You have no empathy for the child. And you've just, you know, gone into full-on Banshee, full-on Ursula, your resentment of men, you're taking out on a little boy. Yeah. And, you know, we can see it in schools, too. I, I have a I have a client who has two daughters and a son. And she said, I think my son has ADHD. And I and I was very concerned about that. And I mean I can't diagnose. I do intuitive work. And I said, look, could you bring him in? So I could see what's what's going on. So she brings him in. And I'm watching him, you know, I've I've seen enough ADHD kids who, you know, have no attention span, they can't talk to you, they're jumping around, they're knocking down things. I said to him, would you like to use my computer? He's like, yep. And she's like, oh, no, be careful. Be careful. You know, I don't know what he's going to do to your computer. I'm like, he probably knows how to use my computer better than yeah. I know <laughs> how to use my computer. And he was right in there. He found games. I don't know how he found games. He went online or whatever he did. I don't know what he did. Uh, so he, there he is just worried. I said, he's fine. He, I, I trust kids and computers. Really. Yeah. No, No problem. I can see he knows what he's doing. So um, the the treatment ended up being for her. And I said to her, you know, you have two daughters, right? Your daughters sit, sit and they play teacups and dolls and stuffed animals. And they're really quiet and they chit chat because, yes, but he won't do that. And I looked at her, I said, because he's a boy. boy." And I, I really couldn't believe it uh, that I had to explain it this way. There's certain things you just can't believe you have to explain, but. You do. Somehow we've lost this through the generations of of um, my grandparents. So, um, well, my mother was very much, you know, like kids go out and play. That's what they do, especially boys. So I looked at her. I said, do you have a dog? She said, no. I said, "Okay. I want you to do this for a couple of weeks. Treat your son like you would a dog. You take a dog out every day for a walk. I don't care how you do it get the girls bundled up. You get bundled up. You both, the three of you can sit on a bench. You take him to a park. And if you have to throw a stick or a ball for him to catch and come back, you do it. Do that a minimum of an hour a day, but do not keep him cooped up in house. So, you know, one week later, I'm waiting to see what's happened. Like does this kid have ADHD or do we need to start setting up appointments for, you know, analyses and and, and diagnosis and she turns she calls me up to that forget it Said he's he's not adhd he just you're right he just needed to run (laughs) around like in one week in one week she's like no no that's all he needed he's a boy i get it i get it he's a boy you know she's a girl two two kids and a girl the husband travels for work Yeah, so not right so you know here she is with this boy going what the heck's wrong with him that he's jumping um Jumping all over the furniture.
0: <laughs> He's just a boy. They've got different. Well, we're coming towards the end of the hour. Still, we yes. can chat about. Um, but yeah. So Cinderella. So any final thoughts on that?
1: Well, what I really like to um just kind of make a little summation about is that you know whoever's listening to this, if you would put some comments and we could we could work through the, that oh, subject matter. So I was going to say, it, if you want to so, send girl, us
0: some um, feedback you can email us at info I-N-F-O at doseoftruthtarot.com all one word and and we'll be, bring those questions into the
1: next the next phase That'd be wonderful, that way we can start working with people and if anyone's interested in calling in um and having being part of the discussion happy to do that as well
0: yeah perfect great well I've enjoyed this lots to talk about again but
1: yeah <laughs> yes thank you so much Eloise that was a great cool. a great talk
0: well thanks everybody for tuning in send us any questions you got to info at tarot.com and we'll catch up with you soon okay bye